If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za. Moving on to the story now, I am going to be joined by uh, Justice and Correctional Services, Crispin Peary. Uh, he's a spokesperson there. They've been on a conference for the past three days, the Integrated Criminal Justice System and the Review of the Criminal Procedures Act. And it started on Tuesday. Crispin, thank you very much for your time. Mr. Peary, welcome to Point of View. Thank you for having me, Camilla, and uh, good afternoon to, or good evening, rather. Yes, good evening. I can understand that. It's been a very important conference, you know. Uh, we obviously are in a country where crime is an issue and just gathering all, of all these stakeholders, I think, must have been quite a significant move. It was quite significant. Um, someone had mentioned to me that, according to their recollection, this was probably the biggest criminal justice conference we've had in mm. probably 10 years mm. um, and, and it was quite significant because we're also really looking at legislation that has been with us for over a period of 50 years yes. legislated in a society that we really want to forget about mm. but also they're now trying to align that legislation with a constitutional democracy we are now picking up a lot of gaps yeah. uh, in that law. And so, obviously, I mean, um, amongst other things, what we're trying to do here is to review that act. And uh, a bill is in the works at the moment just to look at, you know, that very old uh, criminal act, procedures act that you spoke of. Let's just look at the, some of the things that we want to, to address in the current act. So there are a number of things that have um, been, been, been brought up. For example, the question of bail. Mm. The literal definition of bail is your ability to bring up money to secure your freedom mm. until you come to court. Mm. And and one of the proposals was firstly to even change the, the terminology bail and call it pre-court release okay. um, because that's really what it is. Mm. Right? We're releasing you before your trial, pre-trial release. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, the, and I think this is quite important, the, the, the criticism of the current bail system is that if if you were arrested, forbid, yeah. and um, your bail condition is say two hundred thousand rand, mm-hmm. and I'm arrested and my bail condition is two hundred rand, mm. we live in a society where someone can pay two hundred thousand rand mm-hmm. and walk free, mm-hmm. and the person cannot afford to pay two hundred mm-hmm. rand, mm-hmm. and they are incarcerated for a period of sometimes two years until their matter is heard. So. Bail shouldn't be about your ability or the size of your pocket and the size of your wallet. It should really be about certain principles that we all understand that Mm. this person is behind bars, not because they don't have money, but because they are a danger to society. Mm. And and one of the things that came up alongside that is obviously the number of times that case can be postponed before bail hearing, because sometimes, you know, it takes a very, very long time, as you said, can take up to two years. Um, And then obviously creating this overflow, this capacity that we are struggling with within the uh, the prison system. Yes, and we see it all the time that sometimes matters, especially bail, bail Firstly, the starting point is that incarcerating someone is such a big thing because you're limiting somebody's freedom. Mm. So it's an urgent situation. But we've seen over the years in our criminal justice system that even prosecutors almost take it for granted that the first bail hearing is just a quick, quick, we are here, yes, the person has been incarcerated, we'll come back next week. Mm. Meanwhile, you've removed a breadwinner from society or you've removed someone who has to take care of their family that they can't do so behind bars. So... We really need to ensure that bail hearings are dispensed with quickly and people, if they cannot be granted bail, are eventually incarcerated properly. So 
And they sometimes bail hearings, in fact, most of the time bail hearings are dismissed over a very simple reason. Mm. We need to verify X person's address. In the society that we live in today, at a click of a button, we can verify your address. We can know where you stay. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, that has become something that we believe is definitely impeding um, justice. When you speak of in a society that we live in today, one of the things uh, that you're talking about here is clicking at a click of a button. It, it speaks to technology, does it not? And, and this current act hasn't got that kind of room. We need to digitize the system as soon as possible. We definitely do, and you're quite right. This, this legislation at all doesn't envision the use of technology. Uh, one of my favorite examples is that the, when you're required to have a witness in court, the act requires you to be physically there. And there's good reason for that. Sometimes the judge has to observe the conduct of the witness and so on. Mm. But there are times where you don't have to bring in a person directly into a facility. We can do it via Zoom and we, we move on to the next important matter, especially where maybe we know for sure that an investigator feels they're not ready mm. um, with the investigation yet. The person is behind bars. We don't have to drive them from one jurisdiction to another, mm. as you may have seen with the Cabo Pesta case, mm. driving someone all the way from Pretoria mm. to Free State and then only for a case to be postponed. Mm. We can do that audiovisually where we say we this person is still under remand. Our investigators believe that they are you know, finalizing certain aspects of the docket. And that's it, the matter gets postponed. Mm-hmm. Or even sometimes the witness himself, sometimes you have witnessed in other jurisdictions, in other places in the world, mm. you have to fly them down, you have to accommodate them, we have to make sure that they're secure. With the advent of artificial, artificial technology, you are able to really observe the character of somebody in various ways. So we think that definitely the system needs to catch up with the type of technological advances that we have in our society today. To what extent did you discuss, you've just spoken about jurisdiction, did you discuss the jurisdiction in relation to someone who is a victim of crime? So um, a crime happens when I am in Johannesburg and then I have to fly down to Cape Town later in the day, uh, but a crime happened perhaps, um, you know, somebody maybe activated or stole money from my account. Um, and that transaction happened in another city. I would have to report it at the city where it happened, right? Precisely. I actually have personal experience with <laughs> something yeah. like that, where where a crime happened, and I was in case at any in the morning, mm. and I had to be home in Johannesburg in the evening, and I went to the police station, and they said, no, you must go where the crime sure. happened. Yeah. And I said, but it happened in <laughs> cyberspace. Yeah. So it actually didn't happen in case at any. Yes. And there was a bit of a cool effect with myself and the police officer. But that's something that definitely is being looked at because of the nature of crimes as well. So now we have cyber crime. Mm. And quite correctly, like you say, the, jur- the jurisdictional point is now a frivolous issue. It could also be a crime that's happening that affects me here, but the, the, the criminal is in the Seychelles somewhere. So the ability to, to in, in nuance the system so that it takes into consideration cyber crimes was also something that was looked at. It also then goes to the caliber of police and Mm. prosecutors that you have to recruit into the system. Mm. So it may no longer be good enough to say, hi, do you have metric? Yes, you have metric. Good. You run, you can run very fast. Excellent. Mm. You are now, you you are good enough to be a cop or something like Mm. that. Or you have an LLB. Great. Um, Let's put you through the system and we'll make you a prosecutor. It now means that even that level of recruitment and that level of functionality in the SAPS and the prosecuting authority Mm. has to be quite advanced.
One of the greatest themes that I thought was coming through is the victim-centric way in which this entire system has to uh, transform because currently there is a lot of attention on the perpetrator and, and of course, a lot of efforts going there. But a, a bit of it has been also neglecting the victims and, and there was a, a lot of uh, that conversation happening over the past three days. Yes, and that's a, a very critical element. What we are seeing is that when the Criminal Procedure Act was envisioned, no one had even thought of Ubuntu as a status, as a philosophical mm-hmm. point of justice, mm-hmm. uh, the point of restoration. So what we're seeing, and as we experience it in the ministry being integrated with both justice and correctional services, on the correctional services side, when we have to call upon a victim of a crime to say, we're releasing X person, they are, we're integrating them into the community, any views, you then learn that this person has had to suffer for, say, 15, 17 years, however long, mm-hmm. because the perpetrator who has been fed by the state in a correctional center removed a breadwinner in that particular mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. So what, is, what does justice then look like in that sense? Is it truly justice that this person was locked away, but their dignity was upheld? Meanwhile, the victim of the crime, um, who, yeah, the victim of the crime has had to fend for themselves economically and the trajectory of their life has just changed completely. Mm-hmm. So how social development integrates into the system is now something that we really have to think completely differently about. Mm-hmm. Right up to even the type of people you incarcerate. Mm-hmm. Um, there were discussions around whether we should be incarcerating people for uh, for, for, for misdemeanors, drug offences, mm-hmm. those type of offences, rather should we not ensure that we have a means to ensure that those people get into a correction, the correctional facility, but a rehabilitation facility. Mm-hmm. And that way we don't clog up the system with, um, you know, people who can be rehabilitated for their crimes. These are the people who mm-hmm. need to go through the correctional system type of rehabilitation. Just in practical terms, what does this look like for the victims to be at the center of this person's journey? Is it the kind of thing where they are kept up to date with what this individual is doing in prison, you know, get involved when they go for a parole hearings. Is that what we're thinking with this particular way of, 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 of bringing it back to the victim? Yes, certainly. And also whilst the, 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 the perpetrator is undergoing re- rehabilitation in a correctional facility, mm. having the victim being in a way part of that journey to understand, but why, why would you have done this? Mm. What? Sometimes you learn that uh, the person, the perpetrator himself had or herself had very difficult personal circumstances which completely mm. altered their worldview and they acted it out in a very violent manner. And sometimes that brings healing to the victims. So, okay, well, you know, maybe you're not a bad human, but mm. this is where you come from as well. Mm. But also finding a way to ensure that whilst we've removed the breadwinner from your from your space, this is how the state can step in in a way to ensure that we restore some semblance of balance. And then once that person is also released, you are also not meeting the person arbitrarily in a mm. mall or in a corner mm, of the street. Mm. You are fully aware that this person has been rehabilitated and, and you were also part of that journey. So obviously, currently, uh, Judge Lehodi is busy, you know, trying to craft this bill. Uh, let's just talk about when there will be public participation before it goes actually to Parliament. The, once the bill is ready, and we hope that it would be ready uh, towards the end of this administration, mm-hmm. um, the, it will be put 
And there too, Pamela, there's also um, a public consultation process that Parliament itself undertakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we should then have new legislation. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time there. Crispin Peary is a Justice and Correctional Services spokesperson. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.